0: hey everyone and welcome to into the aether it's a low-key video game podcast and my name is brendan bigley (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh shit sorry one second uh, i'm steven hilger uh brendan has played a star wars game
0: that i haven't hence my musical uh follow-up no yeah this week's episode is all about musical introductions to our segments <laughs>
1: <laughs> truly we'll get more on that later um, you recently picked up star wars squadrons am very excited to hear about i feel like there are so many games out suddenly. It's part of the course for the September, October part of the year. Yeah. You know, we had Hades drop out of nowhere last month and and steal all our hearts and minds. And it's like always <laughs> kind of like it's the baseline through the rest of our show, pretty much. Like it's always kind of happening, even if we don't talk about it. Mm hmm then genshin impact came out which i still haven't really played but that's something that people are like really excited about yeah
0: i played about an hour two hours of it i, I really yeah. want to put more time into it before me too we I, it to I'm not
1: enough for me to like actually have a valid thought yet like, yeah I, me too i'm like, just like this is breath of the wild <laughs> right like i it, it might as well have been a dream at this point like i have nothing to say yet. it's been it was like 20 minutes but then yeah. uh star wars squadrons came out so i'm trying to like there's so much happening in a good way it's a it's a fun busy. We've got our spooky season, more on that later for the whole month. That's been partially planned out. We've got our bonus for later than the month, more on that later that's been planned out mm-hmm. and there's this stuff popping left and right. So I'm just like trying not to be like too spread thin. like I want to give things my proper time. yeah, um, but I'm really happy that of the two of us, one of us got to put some time into this game because it seems like this is the first Star Wars game in a long time that people are like, Actually excited about that isn't you know yeah EA, uh hell one star on Metacritic vibe, well you know well we'll, Steven. we'll find out <laughs> <laughs> let me know. tell you a little bit about EA presents Star Wars Squadrons I mean, I just want to say too like truly like I I Star Wars for me is not a selling point like I like the series I followed it but like mm-hmm. I don't really you know I think there are people who really want a Star Wars game and that goes into a whole other yeah thing you know I think uh. <laughs> Star Wars has become this projected idea of like whatever you think Star Wars is, that's your version of it and nothing will ever make you happy. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I dig it. I mean, I love Knights of the Republic. I liked the new ones. I like the old ones. Uh, I have a weird soft spot and kind of like oblivion land for the prequels. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's where I'm coming from. So I don't really have like, I didn't really have a strong interest in getting this, but I do want to hear about it. And I'm actually thinking about maybe picking it up if you can sell me on it so we can play it together so oh we'll interesting see okay okay yeah. this
0: is fun now now there's the a pressure. challenge yeah, yeah yeah okay this is no longer a low-key video game podcast this is this is a high-key sales pitch just for steven. steven
1: on star wars um, i'm more of a next generation guy
0: i don't i don't uh, let me just say up front i don't think i'm going to sell you on this game but i am excited to talk about it uh because i yeah i have had I need
1: to warp this segment into being like corporate <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's help ea sell their video games <laughs> can you sell me Monsanto's stock real quick
0: <laughs> um yeah the, the the thing about star wars squadrons is that they announced it during i don't even remember what that was called ea summer of play or something like that i don't know whatever they're like e3 adjacent live stream was um they announced it during that they said it's coming out you know towards the end of the year like in a couple months technically it's going to be a you know kind of like x-wing imperial empire versus rebel alliance x-wing kind of dog fighting in space game and that's it really you know that was like the whole sales pitch they said you know there's going to be a campaign there's going to be multiplayer and that's the whole thing Like there's really not a lot to say about it. You know, if you want it already is kind of how I interpreted that pitch was like there's a whole world of people out there who are dying for another TIE fighter or another uh, rogue squadron or whatever. I'm not one of those people. (laughs) I just want to say up front. uh, That's not really my racing guy. You know, yeah, I'm I'm, yeah, I like I like uh, boots on the ground pods on the ground uh, racing. Uh, if if I'm going to get behind the, the wheel of a Star Wars vehicle, uh, <laughs> I would rather be a pod. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I'm not even really that much of like a flight sim person, Um, but weirdly enough, and I don't I don't really know how to explain this too well, but I'll try my best. Weirdly enough, my vibe in most multiplayer games, like online multiplayer competitive games that have vehicles, is that like let Brendan drive. Like whenever I'm playing with other people, the vibe is always like if there's a truck or if there's like a a spaceship or if there's something. Give Brendan the keys to that thing and he'll drive us around. and It'll be fucking sick. I'm like the I'm like the baby driver, like getaway guy in like every game. This is like this goes back to like when I used to play Call of Duty one competitively and they like released an expansion pack that in- introduced trucks. It was I don't know like-
1: why my first thought was Max Rebo with AirPods just like at the wheel. <laughs> like- <laughs> that's awesome though that's such a that's a weirdly crucial role in a game like this in a game like halo especially
0: yeah yeah absolutely yeah so it, it was Hawk. always just like my thing i guess to like be the person who's like flying around or driving around or whatever so that that's kind of like the impetus for my interest in this game and then there's another series that came out on the ps2 era that was called uh there were two of them it was um i, I actually don't remember the name of the first one but the second one was called jedi starfighter or it might have just been jedi starfighter one and two um, but there were these games where you were literally, like, a Jedi behind the w- behind the wheel, I don't know, in the cockpit of, like, a- an actual Jedi starfighter. Um, and it was a campaign that was, like, fine. You know, it was, like, you know, PS2 Star Wars. Uh, but was, like, very much a dogfighting simulator where you also had some, like, weird Jedi powers while you were, like, flying around, which is kind of cool. It was a cool idea. Um, and I ate those games up. I loved those games. And, like, I'm not... I I didn't have it at N64, as we've talked about a lot. I didn't play Star Fox, really, you know, outside of like multiplayer at some people's houses sometimes.
1: Why didn't you come over? That's the biggest. It's a growing question. The more we talk about this era. Yeah, you should have come over.
0: But all that said, uh, I was curious about this game because I knew a lot of people wanted a thing like this to exist for a really long time based on the old Rogue Squadron TIE fighter games for PC um i'm coming at it from this kind of like more modernized version of it through jedi starfighter and then there's the more recent ea battlefield or sorry battlefront one and two um which also include you know the ability to get behind or i keep saying get behind the wheel of get in the cockpit of a tie fighter or an x-wing or something and fly around <laughs> get behind
1: the wheel of the Death Star.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh that would be wild yeah um drifting (laughs) uh anyway so i i i was um i I loved playing battlefront one and two the more recent ones specifically because of the vehicle stuff like everything else wasn't very interesting to me so i was like okay if if this is if this is ea just saying like oh we got that right in battlefront and we're gonna turn that into a whole video game that's cool by me. Like, I'm very yeah. into that. It's very much like, um, like Assassin's Creed 3 having ship combat and then then being like, oh, people love this, huh? And then making the pirate one after that. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what this feels like. Um, So it came out kind of, I completely forgot it was coming out until I saw reviews drop the day before. Um, a friend of the show, uh, Dom, mentioned to us in a Twitter DM, he was like, hey, have you checked this game out? I think you might you guys might actually like it um completely forgot it was coming out and was looking for something to play this week that wasn't hades um so (laughs) i picked it up on a whim it's 40 bucks um which i was surprised by i didn't even realize that it was cheaper than the average bear um but i (laughs) i downloaded it and uh hopped into the campaign because i i thought this is going to be a game that is going to have some kind of learning curve probably um because it is it is trying to find a middle ground between like People who like Star Wars and also people who love hardcore use a fucking joystick plugged into your uh, computer flight simulators. You know, like it is really trying to hit at both of those audiences simultaneously, which I just assumed going in meant that it was going to be muddy. Like it was going to be a real messy time to like try and get in there and figure out how to play this thing. And honestly, totally confirmed that suspicion. I mean, it it is (laughs) very opaque right at go. The, the campaign, I'll just say, like, without really spoiling anything, uh, is extremely silly and not good. <laughs> I, I just I don't <laughs> like it. I just don't. I, I played three missions in a row and then immediately was like, yeah, I, I don't I don't know about this. But I was going to bring it to the show anyway, because I was like really interested in the actual mechanics of of playing this game. Because what you're doing in the campaign, at least, is is swapping between somebody in like an empire uh tie fighter squadron and somebody who's in kind of like a rebel alliance x-wing squadron and it rules to be like hopping back and forth between those two and for them to have like actually kind of like slightly different builds and 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 uh and controls and abilities and it gets like really into the nitty-gritty of stuff that you would kind of like expect from a more hardcore version of this but pared down to a level that i think is not too hard to wrap your head around so very very simply like left stick push it forward and you go faster pull it back you go uh slower uh if you take the left stick to the left or right that's how you're doing like barrel rolls and stuff and then the right stick is just aiming and looking around you know it's like that's kind of simple um right trigger shoots lasers right bumper uh shoots Uh, and and that's like kind of the bare bones basics of what's going on here. There's really not a whole lot outside of that, uh, with the exception of where it gets really, really hardcore suddenly, which is power management, which means that you have to literally divert power from one system to another. Um, mm, the FCL. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, yeah. so in the X-Wing, you're using the D-pad to say, if you if you press left on the D pad, you're diverting all of not all of but a whole bunch of your power to uh, your like maneuverability in your engines, which means you're going faster, you're turning faster, you're doing like wilder shit. It's really for like escapes and for like catching up to people. If you press up on the D pad, you're diverting all that stuff to weapons, so you, it takes a, a shorter time for your lasers to recharge and things like that. Your your missile lock on will like happen faster. Um, and then if you press right on the D pad, you're diverting power to shields. Uh, which, you know, if you're getting fucking rocked by somebody who is behind you, divert power to shields, obviously. And then you press uh, down on the D-pad and it balances all three of those out to like kind of an even level. Um, so there's a lot of time spent managing power, which I wasn't expecting. I thought it'd be like a fun, goofy thing to do if you're like really intense and hardcore in the game. But like is really something you need to be thinking about all the time. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I imagine there's a whole world of people out there who love that, who are like. This is the dream for me. This is exactly what I wanted. From I this feel game. like
1: any role play like Star Wars, Star Trek, the role play of Captain is yelling, divert power to shield. Yes, that's like Yes.
0: What everyone dreams of yelling, you know, in a jumpsuit. Absolutely. For real. Yeah. And that and that is very much what you're getting out of this game. Um, so that said, I think it actually is succeeding more in getting closer to what those more hardcore flight sim like dogfighting combat lovers want, I think. Because I don't think games like this come out a lot from at least based on some of the reviews I've read. um, Specifically, I I would recommend going and reading Rob Zachney's impressions on Waypoint uh, or I guess Vice Games, uh, but Waypoint. Go read his. He is like a longtime fan of this kind of stuff. And and hearing him talk about like what this game gets right for people who love that kind of thing was really kind yeah. of eye opening for me specifically as somebody who has no idea what that world is like. And coming at this with like, you know, big blue puppy dog deer eyes, just like I'm excited to have fun. Like, yeah, it, I I really appreciated reading that take on it. But I do think it's getting closer to that than for people with big blue puppy dog deer eyes saying, I just want to have fun. Like, I think those people are going to have a much harder time getting into this. And I don't think the campaign helps at all because the campaign is very, very silly. Um, I'll, I'll say, you know, I'll actually maybe just yeah, say give me some deets. OK, there's one uh, there's one bit that happens right at the top. It's like the opening of the game is your uh, your you're follow The camera is following uh, the captain of a TIE fighter squadron. And it's right after Alderaan blows up. So it, for those of you who have watched A New Hope, Darth Vader blows up Alderaan with the Death Star. Uh, very sad. It's, it's, it's a really brutal moment. In the game, this has just happened. And you, sorry, your captain is being given orders to go find all of the ships that escaped Alderaan before it blew up and like take them out, essentially. And And he looks at the commander and is like, so just to be clear, you want me to go like slaughter all these refugees? And they're like, I don't want you to do this. Darth Vader wants you to do this. This is this is from Lord Vader and he goes, "Okay." And then he goes and he he meets up with his like squadron of which you are one person in that squadron. Um and he's like, "These are our orders. This is what we got to do uh XYZ thing." Uh and 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 it seems like the second in command is like, "Wow, I'm so excited. This is going to be great." Orders from Lord Vader. This is so exciting. And he's like, "Between you and me, You're okay with going and and just like killing all these refugees on these ships. This is like the the captain of the TIE fighter guy asking this question. And she's like, yeah, it's an honor to do things for Lord Vader. Uh, And and he's like, all right. And then she walks away. And then he to nobody says out loud, you hear me, but you don't understand me. (laughs) And then, wow. and then the mission starts and he immediately defects and then starts shooting at you because obviously you're the bad guy I mean you're horrible right Right. Um, but just just him out loud saying you hear me but you don't understand me was like all I needed to know what this game was trying to do that's from a story literally perspective. like what
1: Javert says when everyone else is off stage like, you know, like <laughs> yes. when everyone's laughing he's like
0: bah!
1: you know like yeah. that's exactly like and it was Q exciting in, yeah. in
0: Les Mis when it was written for the first time <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm saying it was an incredible line has... in les mis and not so much in star right. wars squadrons presented by ea zero les
1: mis in this new star wars game
0: zero stars yeah exactly well there's yeah. a little bit of les mis um mm. but it's not very good uh so <laughs> jar jar sings on my own it's sucks. <laughs> uh yeah the the campaign so he defects right and then that mission is you're you're you know trying to take out all of these all of these refugees which is like a really brutal mission and like just shouldn't it was just upset it was an upsetting thing to be doing um but obviously you're stopped before you can do anything because he defects and shoots back at you and whatever and then you switch over to uh the rebels side uh, where suddenly you are catching up with this ship that is trying to leave, being shot down by tie fighters, while this guy is defecting, and now you're on the other side of this encounter. Essentially, Admiral Akbar is there because he's still alive at this point. Admiral Akbar is there, and uh, this captain guy is like, I'm trying to hold them off for as long as I can. And Admiral Akbar is like, "Are you defecting?" And he goes, "If you'll have me." And the Admiral Akbar is like, "Everybody follow his orders now." And and you have a captain already. There's a captain of your like X-wing squadron that exists who is now taking orders from this Tie Fighter guy who just said out of nowhere, "Hi, I'm defecting," <laughs> which I thought was why it was a wild choice. Um, and yeah. and and that's kind of the level of where the campaign is. I'm not going to go any further into it. That's honestly more than I want to like talk or think about it yeah but i was really just using it to learn the controls was always my thought like i just wanted to kind of like totally uh, tutorial yeah just like figure out how to play the video game um and i i kind of feel like i didn't do that in the campaign either so i definitely learned what the buttons do but the thing about playing the campaign that i i wasn't expecting is that i don't think the ai is very good the ai very much is flying in squadrons so like When there's a group of four TIE fighters that you're trying to shoot down as an X-Wing, they are flying in formation as four TIE fighters in a way that only robots can and like absolutely not real people who are flying TIE fighters, you know? Um, So it, it makes it very predictable, I think, in a lot of instances when you're when you're playing against the AI. To, to shoot down like little tiny ships like that. And then every once in a while, they're like, we have to take down this whole fucking Star Destroyer. And that's like impossible. That's like an impossible thing to do as one X-Wing. It's very silly. It doesn't make any sense because uh, you're just flying straight at a, a Star Destroyer, which has giant cannons shooting at you. And you're supposed to be doing all these like sick maneuvers and like diverting power to shields and then also like flipping it over to divert power to engines. So you're like doing all these wild aerial things. And like you just can't do that because it's the second mission of the video game. It just doesn't make any sense to expect people to know how to do that. So I just kept dying over and over and over and over again. And I was like, I think I'm done with this for, for now. And that takes me to today. When I you know, I was expecting to come into this episode to bring this up as uh, as like a as the middle segment, you know, just kind of like a, a thing we kind of jump into and then jump out of just like this is a thing that exists and I played it and it's worth touching on because it's doing some cool stuff. But I played the multiplayer and the multiplayer is so where this game is at. I mean, the multiplayer in this game is, is fucking night and day. In terms of like the power fantasy, the excitement, the like the, the thrill, the rush, like you're you're actually like dogfighting one on one with somebody and you you're looking at them and, and their name is showing up on the screen. You're like, I'm going to fucking get that guy, you know, <laughs> and and just constantly doing these like aerial loops through asteroid fields and like around like big destroyed um like, uh, prequel era, uh, it wasn't the rebellion. What was that called? The Republic. Like, you're, you're kind of flying around, like, old, destroyed, (laughs) like, Republic ships that are just, like, floating through the air, um, and, like, swerving in and out of nebulas that, like, give you stealth but do damage, and it's, like, very risky. It's, like, high risk, and, like, there's sirens going off all the time. I mean, it is a thrill. To the point where, like, I am doing the, like, actual, in Star Wars, like, screaming woohoo as I'm flying around, you know, like... (laughs) every once in a while when you pull off some like wild shit when you take out like three tie fighters in a row or three x-wings in a row depending on what side you're on it's thrilling it it feels like exactly what i wanted this to be and is so wild to me that you don't get that at all from the campaign yeah which is gonna be the thing that most people start with you know because most people are gonna do the exact same thing i did they're gonna download the game try and play the campaign to like understand how it's played just from like a pure mechanic standpoint and then maybe bounce off of it and like maybe never go back to it. But once you get into the multiplayer and you start playing it, you'll start to level up because this is an EA game. And obviously you start to level up uh, once you play the multiplayer. But when you start to level up, you unlock you'll you'll unlock the ability to change your ship in, in in ways that will like markedly change how you're flying those ships. So like right now, my X-Wing, for example, instead of just shooting lasers like constantly, you know, just like the. The, the constant stream of, of of lasers i have like a burst fire that does like a little bit of uh homing so like it kind of auto aims a little bit for me and and that by itself has completely changed how good i am at playing online multiplayer <laughs> um my my first couple matches before i leveled up and was able to unlock that to now is like uh, it's like playing a completely different video game but on top of that playing against real people feels refreshing in the way that playing against the ai in the campaign absolutely does not like if you're looking for that thrill if you're looking to like have that experience of like flying a tie fighter or an x-wing for real for real Get this game and play the multiplayer because it, it is it is amazing. The bummer for me personally is that this isn't why I wanted to play the game. Really, I wanted to play the campaign and have a good time with it and then put it down and move on to the next thing because I heard it was short and that was kind of exciting to me. the The fact that the multiplayer is the thing that is great here means that I'm not going to be able to invest as much time in it as I'd like to. Honestly, like just like knowing myself and knowing how quickly I pick up and put down multiplayer games like this. I'm not going to invest the time into it to get like really awesome stuff out the other end. You know, like I'm not going to upgrade any of my ships all the way. I'm not going to unlock like a weird helmet for for my imperial guy whose name is (laughs) mustacheless Waluigi, by the way, Um, because their character creator literally just pick a face. And I was like, well, I can't really make Waluigi, but this guy kind of looks like him without a mustache. But anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm never I'm never going to get that stuff out of it. But I did want to talk about this game on the show specifically because it does accomplish the thing that I think a lot of people want. It is a weird middle ground between what everybody wants, but is accomplishing something and I think is worth playing. I imagine if you have an Xbox that'll show up on game pass eventually because EA play is getting added to game pass. Mm. So I imagine this is going to be a game pass game. This is going to be a great game pass game to just always have downloaded and just like hop in with your friends and like, just kind of fly around a, a, a fucked up star destroyer and, and shoot people out of the air. Like that's going to be so fun. Um, it's going to be thrilling. And, and and I think for those people uh, you're going to have a really good time. There's another side of this that I think is really fascinating uh, that I want to drill down on just for a second, which is that it's very clear that this game was made for VR. Uh, it's Mm. very clear that this game was made for people with like really awesome VR headsets, uh, because every single moment where you have control of your character, but you're not in the cockpit of a ship is spent being placed exactly where you are. The left and right stick both make you look around instead of making you move around so it's it's clear that it's like supposed to be OK, you're dropped in this point and then you use your VR headset to look around and talk to people. <laughs> but uh, I I did I did really keep thinking to myself over and over again, like, man, what it must be like to have a really solid VR headset for this game, because I yeah, imagine yeah. it. I mean, look, EA has crushed it in some ways with their Star Wars license and completely like shit the bed in others. Um, you know, Jedi yeah. Fallen Order. Good game. Good video game. Would recommend playing. Uh, battlefront one and two a little iffy but the 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 visuals the scope and the sounds of those games is really what i find super compelling i mean the sounds of the battlefront games are so spot on and all of that is present in in squadrons like all of that is there uh so i can only imagine using like a binaural audio headset and a vr headset and using an actual joystick is probably like the coolest video game that you could play right now I imagine somebody out there has that setup, and they are losing their fucking minds <laughs> playing this game. Yeah, yeah. And I'm so happy for them. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but for me, sitting on my couch, you know, leaned back as far as possible uh, with my Xbox controller, just like going, oh, shit. Every time I'm like doing a barrel roll or something um, is just as fun, at least for me at the moment. But yeah. Star Wars Quadrants, it's a, a pretty good game. It's a pretty good game, uh, and I would recommend it, especially when it's on Game Pass, which I imagine will yeah. happen.
1: It sounds like the central mechanic of at least like flying is the selling. Like that's what they did well. And that's what people were probably wanting
0: from it. Exactly. It sounds like. Yeah. It's very cut and dry. I mean, it's very simple. It's like, do you want a game where you can fly a TIE fighter or an X-Wing? Cool. They made that and you can go play it. (laughs) That said, I mean, there is a really steep learning curve. I don't know if I mentioned that yet. I mean, it is like, it takes a while to really like get your bearings and understand how to do it. And honestly, like for real, this has never happened to me before. While playing a video game, I actually started to feel like nauseous and tired. Like I started to feel seasick. Um, which for me, seasickness just equates to being tired. Uh, so I played a couple like of the tutorial missions in the opening of the campaign, and I immediately had to take a nap. I was like, I have, I, I can't do this. Um, but so happens to me with Outer Wilds. Uh, oh, really? Like I yeah. I I don't n-
1: normally get motion sickness or anything, but like that game and that's like maybe the sole reason why it's not like one of my favorite games ever because like I love everything <laughs> else that's happening yeah, there. yeah. but like playing it in moments of like losing balance and gravitational focus like made me dizzy for like the rest of the day yeah like I, yeah. I remember standing in my shower and not like not being confident in my placement on this earth mm-hmm. like it was <laughs> which is maybe a testament to how powerful that game is but like yeah I think it was more biological than emotional it was just <laughs> it was not great but yeah um, I don't, so I actually don't know if I would do well with this, but it sounds great. And like you said, I think if at the very least we can bring a game to the show to be like, hey, if you like X, this game is really doing that variable well. So yeah. like, pick it up.
0: Absolutely. And I do want to say, like, going back to the game and playing multiplayer and stuff. Like, I do feel okay playing this game now. Like that, that, yeah. that motion sickness side of it has like completely faded away at this point. I think it just became like once I got more confident in what you know, pressing certain or pressing the joysticks in certain ways, like what that motion was going to look like. Um, I think once that confidence was built up is is when I stopped feeling it. You know, I think at the beginning, it's like you, you're not really sure what you're doing. So the the screen is just moving in wild ways. And it's very engrossing. I mean, because you're just looking through a cockpit, you know, like you see the buttons in front of you and you see like the dashboard and stuff like there, There's no like There's no view where you're outside of the X-Wing and you see the X-Wing. You know, you're really in it the whole time, Um, which again, if you have a VR headset, probably wild. Uh, I wonder if this is available for PSVR. Maybe I should have gotten it for PlayStation instead of Xbox, considering it'll probably be free anyway. But anyway, um, (laughs) one day. just, you know, fun things to realize on air. Uh, Anyway, yeah, I I am starting to feel a little bit more confident there. But yeah, in terms of, you know, bringing it to the show for people who would like that kind of thing. I feel like that's that's, you know, part and parcel with what our show is all about. You know, it's like taking a thing that like I think. I don't really know what the reviews look like outside of I've seen some people, you know, say it's better than they expected it to be. You know, I think it's getting like pretty average review scores across the board. And like for any
1: Star Wars piece of media, that's the best you can do, honestly. So like it's probably doing something
0: right. Yeah. Because usually
1: it's like this ruined my life. You know, like- <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'm fun. sure
0: there's a am sure there's a subreddit for this game and I'm sure they hate it. You know, I'm yeah. sure like the subreddit is like extremely angry or something. Right, but that said, you know, I I love bringing games to the table that like maybe aren't for me, but I I, I can find the fun in. Um, totally, yeah. That has not only happened here, uh, but I think I have found the fun for people who are maybe a little bit like walking on thin ice, you know, in terms of their their love of the Star Wars franchise and maybe want to try something like markedly different than what you would get in a Battlefront or uh jedi fallen order for example
1: yeah i mean jedi fallen order feels much more like i mean i know ea published it but that was respawn like kind of doing their thing um yeah i have i still haven't played it i think i no, i don't have it anymore a friend lent me a copy and i never played it i'm sorry (laughs) uh but i do want to check it out eventually so maybe one day i'll re-borrow
0: honestly it it might show up on ea uh ea play so you might have it on game pass my series s
1: saves the day yeah man that's what the s
0: stands for i'm actually look if you get if that game comes out on Game Pass and you play it, I am really excited to talk to you about it because I think you in particular are going to have a really fun time with that game.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to check it out. I mean, that that had the unfortunate fate of being talked about on our cats episode. So I don't even know what you <laughs> said about it, uh, but I, yeah. I'll let you know. I would love to revisit it one day.
0: Yeah, it's really good. I mean, it's a really fun time. Um, yeah. I don't know. Star Wars games are in a really weird spot right now. And I, I know what you mean when you say like a seven out of 10 is maybe the best you can do. In certain instances, um, I, yeah. I I just feel like. You're never going to please everyone in a lot of in a lot of instances, which is like such a huge bummer. Um, But I'm just really curious to see stories outside of like the main trilogy. Yes,
1: that's where I'm at. I think it makes the universe feel smaller whenever someone like Admiral Ackbar shows up. I agree. I agree. He he is not even that important in the movie. I'm sure there's extended lore about him, but like you're putting him in because you want this moment to feel important without actually making it feel important. Yeah. I think that that's why I love stuff like Knights of the Republic where you could take the Star Wars name off that game and it still works. Yeah. You know, totally. like that is a really, and, and, and the thing about Star Wars, like it's the biggest, at least in the U S it's the biggest franchise. So, you know, it has the most fans Mm -hmm. and it has the widest like gradient of fans of like, who wants what from this. And that's, that could be really cool. It doesn't have to be a negative thing. But I think everyone goes in with like what Star Wars is to them. I know a lot of people who like primarily follow the extended universe stuff. Like they don't even yeah think of the movies when they say they're a Star Wars fan. So like for you and I, I, I think we have the, sh- the same interest in that. I want to see how you can actually extend the universe. Like do I think. Uh, Fallen Order seems like it's getting at that a little bit. It's still in the confines of, of what happened in the original movies. Yeah. But it's, Darth it Vader is enough. in that game, you know? Right, <laughs> yeah. right. But I think stuff like Shadows of the Empire and Knights of the Republic, like I'm always into that because I'm like, totally. this is great. Yeah, This is a cool little fresh take on it.
0: Yeah, and I, I would say in terms of squadrons, you're not getting that from the campaign really, but if you just want like a really solid multiplayer dogfighting game, definitely definitely check it out. Um, It's a good time.
1: Hell yeah. Cool. Uh, Want to take a quick break and then we'll uh, get into it? I would love to take a quick break. Okay. See you soon. Goodbye. Bye. (laughs) Oh, shit. That's my phone. Sorry.
0: What?
1: (laughs) Uh. Can you imagine... Being the person who has as a ringtone and also answers the yeah. phone with what? <laughs> <laughs> it's a rough vibe. <laughs> Talk to me. <laughs> that's, that's what I do. Emergency middle segment. Emergency middle segment.
0: You and I have to atone for our sins. Okay, we, fine, sure. <laughs> almost two years ago, at this point. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> I know what this is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you and I didn't. I didn't tell Stephen we were going to talk about this. Almost two years ago, you and I uh, did an episode about Minecraft, uh, a wonderful video game, um, and and revisiting it a couple of years, uh, many years after its release. Uh, you know what is it doing these days? Uh, what kind of updates have come out? Like, what what's there to love about Minecraft? You know, it's it's still so huge. It's still such a big brand. What's going on there? And and we opened that segment with uh, rumors of Minecraft Steve, the the protagonist. I don't know of Minecraft de uh, facto, yeah. yeah, being added to Super Smash Brothers. Um, And I'm going to play some of that clip right here.
1: (laughs) This was like an intervention, but okay, go ahead. I discovered in one of many Smash Bros. DLC leaks that one of the characters that kept popping up as a potential DLC character is Minecraft Steve, which I am drawing a line on. I just can't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't some something about that I don't know if I have like my own unconscious like anger with myself or with something else going on that i'm just funneling on to steve but yeah. i really don't want him in smash brothers like i know maybe a lot of kids would be very happy and that's fine i don't want to rob children of their happiness yeah but like i think minecraft steve is is a weird brand of evil that i can't <laughs> quite place because <laughs> i don't know if, i don't know we'll talk you probably know this Again, because poof, Brendan—he knows Minecraft. Let me tell you, <laughs> from from wool to swords to obsidian gates, this guy's like a book, a book of Minecraft. <laughs> I don't know if they were ever like, "This is Minecraft, Steve." He just was sort of there. I don't know if that was like a retconned canon kind of thing, like Doom guy is. Yeah, who's another one that keeps popping up in DLC for Smash? That would be unreal. I'm more into that than Minecraft Steve. I'm more into, like, a jar of mayonnaise than Minecraft Steve. I really don't want him in Smash Brothers. Yeah. I just, I'm, like, I'm, I, you I'm, could I'm tell choosing tell me
0: You could put Minecraft Steve and Anderson Cooper next to each other, and I would be like, <laughs> Anderson Cooper is going to be the <laughs> Smash Brothers character of these two. <laughs> He's going to finish. French Stewart
1: from Third Rock from the Sun. I, I mean, <laughs> another good pick.
0: Like one of those like wooden articulated like human dolls that the <laughs> artists use. That, that are in like Ikea. a
1: therapist's waiting room. That Yeah. I remember actually one of my first times going to therapy, I like messed with that in the waiting room. And then my therapist was like, so like, what does this mean to you? And like, <laughs> it was this weird pose oh, no. where it was like a haunted dad, basically. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> um, wow. Then I talked about Minecraft Stewart for several hours straight, and just like, and they were like, I, I think can't it's help also you. Yeah. honestly, I think it's just we were talking about this earlier, and we stopped ourselves because we needed to discuss them on the show. But you showed me that there are several characters you can play as you're playing as Minecraft Alexandra.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Alex.
1: She looks really cool. She looks like an adventurer. She looks like she has explored the wilderness and has, she looks ready for
0: what, what the world of Minecraft is, is going to give her. And she's wearing like, like boots. She's wearing like a belt, like an adventurer's belt. She's got her hair tied back. She looks kind of like she's rad. She's ready to go.
1: Minecraft Steve has been watching tiny homes on loop and just drinking like Bud Light (laughs) and then realized he had a client. It was like, Oh, shit and like half tucked his shirt in and left the house. He literally
0: only has half of his shirt tucked in. He, yeah. looks, he looks messy. He's a messy man.
1: <laughs> he looks like a substitute teacher that you would look forward to having because you knew you didn't you have to do anything. <laughs> You're like, oh, Mr. Steve is today's sub? Dude, we are not doing anything today in class. Kids, quiet down. I made a sword out of diamonds. Shut up. <laughs> I'm doodling naughty things in my notebook. Leave me
0: alone. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I, want him I in do Smash like Brothers. Your head Canon that his last name is Steve and his first name is Minecraft. <laughs> That's really good.
1: My friends call me M.
0: <laughs> okay, we're back. Um, I don't even know how to say it, but Minecraft Steve is in Super Smash Brothers now.
1: Yeah, we've willed a lot of things, good and bad, into this universe. Yeah. Um, I'll say this. So the you know. Minecraft Steve is the second character revealed in the season two DLC fighters pass for smash brothers. Yeah. Which I, I think you, you messaged me that morning. You said, I'm so excited. I hope this like brings me back into smash. Cause you haven't played it like in a long time. Like since it came out. Yeah. Basically.
0: It's been a while. The last few characters haven't really uh, pulled me in. I mean, I've been playing, it's been a
1: month or two. I have a, a group of friends from home. Uh, you know who you are. Who I play with, like, somewhat regularly. Yeah. Somewhat regularly. Um, And Byleth being added, obviously, I've gotten extremely good with Byleth. Totally. So that's been fun. But, yeah, I mean, I, there's still... There are f- three or four characters left even after Steve's. So this is still early in the season pass. Mm-hmm. And, like, at this point, speculation is is not even worth it. It never was. <laughs> but, like, at this point, anyone you can guess, like, there's truly... Like, everyone who is logically... Anyone who, who should be in Smash other than Waluigi already is. Right. So like whoever you can think to add is like really just whoever else is a video game character or maybe even not. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I could sit here and be like, it'd be cool if they added, you know, uh, whoever. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. It's not there's no shock anymore. I can't say anything and have it be off limits. <laughs> That's also makes it exciting because it literally could be anyone. Joker set such a precedent being totally. the first DLC character. I think you really and I cool said that way. when Joker
0: got announced too, was yeah. like now that jo- now the Joker is in super smash brothers, like there are really no rules anymore. Cause persona five isn't even on switch,
1: you know, like no. no and, and yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense, but it rules. And like the fact that I can be king to DD while the soundtrack of persona three plays is like a dream I have had <laughs> and is manifested. <laughs> so yeah. And, and honestly I've, I've kind of been m- more some more than others but i've been into every dlc character for again like going back to what you were saying about the star wars game like what are you looking for like the first season dlc characters there was something for everybody totally a you know, uh, joker was like a really exciting note to begin on it showed that like we're not beholden to Nintendo or what's on Switch, yeah, and and we're just kind of celebrating video games and like honestly, I, we've we've gushed about Persona Five a lot and uh, more on that later. But I've been saying that a lot this episode. <laughs> we have a lot to talk about later. <laughs> we have a lot to talk about later. I'm not putting it off. I'm just setting it up. <laughs> Joker is it, Persona Five is like a landmark game in this generation. Yeah. I think Joker being in Smash makes sense. Well, the next one was what Hero, uh, mm-hmm. another we're landmark. You know. Cl- both modern and retro classic series dragon quest that makes sense too uh banjo kazooie obviously you know that's something that people wanted for a while terry bogart is the like weird one but like there are a lot of hardcore fighting game fans and and smash is a fighting game the fact that they kind of nodded at the past like that for neo geo was cool yeah that felt uh, like that,
0: that felt like that was uh sakurai's personal inclusion you know like yeah that's the one that he wanted the most they were like and then he Bileth was like please was give me one yeah and then i emailed sakurai and he gave
1: me by right. that's what happened <laughs> uh and in so far with season two i thought min min was cool like adding an arms character made sense because that's a nintendo ip that hasn't really been like talked about ever yeah like so and and she's been a cool addition uh so you know the the expectations are are all over the place when the reveal trailer happened the first thing that happens mario's fighting you know r- another day in smash zone mario is fighting people in battlefield and he gets knocked through a dimensional rift and when he falls through the rift there are small black cubes which should be a hint already but it's not immediately again it's small black cubes I was like, okay. All right. What is that? That caught my eye immediately. And then you hear like weird sounds and you see red eyes glowing. And it, for a millisecond, I was like, it's 2B. This isn't automata. It's going to be 2B. <laughs> and then, of course, the silhouette of Steve just stomps on my dreams. And there's even a moment in the trailer where Mario like looks at him in disgust for like three beats true true
0: horror yeah and 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 steve responds by just taking out i think what's some pork and eating it
1: yeah and then it says steve rocks the block (laughs) which is my favorite Ernest movie um but anyway (laughs) uh, (laughs) yeah i mean all all bits aside i do think as a character it's steve alex enderman and zombie and zombie uh, I'm into everyone else but Steve so again we've criticized Steve
0: he, he, he's not putting in any effort in his vibe yeah he's just showing up here's what I'll say you... about Minecraft Steve just like in terms of vibe well, very quickly I,
1: okay okay I, I just wanted to say that like mechanically he, they look like they're gonna be fun to play as like truth be told oh yeah I was gonna get to that yeah, too yeah. I,
0: th- I think yeah we could we could talk yeah. a little bit about the about the mechanics there um, yeah. actually no let's just talk about the mechanics there whatever I was gonna talk about yeah. Guy Fieri but I like Guy Fieri <laughs>
1: I like Guy Fieri
0: too. Steve is Steve Guy is Fieri what people uh, here's what I'll say. This is what I was going to say. Minecraft <laughs> Steve is what people thought Guy Fieri was. Yes. And we've now realized found Guy out Fieri that. Guy Fieri is giving everything, and Steve is giving nothing. Exactly. The- yeah. There was, there, was a, there was a like public consciousness vision of Guy Fieri until like two or three years ago, where where that 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 vision of him has completely shifted and now he's almost like a a, a Grecian god. Um and <laughs> Minecraft Steve is i don't even know i don't even know. A gut a guttural scream from from the collective consciousness of all of us
1: minecraft steve is like you like search on youtube like how do i tie a tie i forgot and like he's the guy who teaches you it's like <laughs> a shitty video with like more dislikes than likes and he's like here's how to tie a tie it, it was the second help. youtube video uploaded yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um yeah, I mean, the idea that you can like mine materials from the whole level and like like it's going to be a fun character, truthfully. Like, they look great. Whole, they look really yeah. great. I mean, the the, yeah.
0: abil- the ability to um to forge items and like it seems like there's going to be a random rarity assigned to the items that you're forging, you know, so they could be like a wooden sword all the way up to a diamond sword. Like that stuff is cool that feels a lot like the way they're kind of like uh messing around with chance like with hero for example yeah. and and hero's abilities um I, I i'm into it honestly here's the thing like we we've joked a lot about minecraft steve and like what a wild addition that would be i think we we compared uh his inclusion to essentially like yoda in soul caliber like what a wild <laughs> thing that was <laughs> yeah, and i still yeah. do feel that way but see yes. here's the thing Sakurai and his team are so fucking good at their jobs yeah I mean they're they're uh, like on un- they're just an unbelievable team of developers and the fact that this reveal happened and I went from like shock awe and horror all simultaneously to like oh actually that looks really fun i it's just a testament to how incredible their work is um oh totally yeah. also I mean, we've like, since yeah. found out that they've been in talks to add minecraft steve for five years um that was yeah. the first time that like they had discussions about adding minecraft steve and it took this long to make it happen which i have to assume just means like they were really taking their time making that work and yeah, absolutely. it seems like they did and and it's a very nintendo move to not release a thing until it's like perfect. <laughs> Uh, so I imagine we're going to have a lot of fun with Mike, Jeff Steve. Steve! That's how I think his name is going to be announced. Yeah, I'm. I, that's going to be a nightmare. Steve! I,
1: I, it, my biggest gripe, my only actual... Because I'm totally with you. I think it's going to be fun. Like, all bits aside, it's going to be a fun yeah, time. It's yeah. going to be good. But I know my friends know how
0: I feel about Steve, and they're going to get good with Steve to piss me off. So oh, yeah, this, I like, was like, like f- f- three Steve, Pure, like, absolutely planning on maining Steve for a while. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I know, I don't know why I'm like the victim of, of Smash Wrath sometimes but It's cause you play as King Dedede and you do the, the lounge <laughs> move every time you kill one of us.
1: That's true or with life I go like lesson learned or whatever she says yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, I do taunt a lot you know point taken point taken maybe I'm Enderman it's that's possible. why I don't know myself yeah um it's gonna be good and I'm also, zombie. I think there's still th- <laughs> <laughs> i'm enderman i'm zombie we're on vacation uh anyway uh that was just gonna be the gurgling song that was the official. gurgling song yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah I, I think also there's like what at least three or four more characters so, i think like, three yeah i honestly think last character will be waluigi or sakurai put himself in and he's gonna be like broken like he'll be like god mode character <laughs> Uh, I think they know like if this is the last season, which it might be, I think they know to go out with like a a high note. And I don't even know who that would be at this point other than those two. Yeah. You know, those would be the biggest exciting announcements.
0: Yeah, there are a couple out there just like kind of floating around that I think if they added any of them, it would be like, you know, a megaton announcement like Gino from super mario rpg yeah, which like yeah. people want for reasons that i i think like are now past actual desire
1: you that know a like big desire on like a games game facts forum in like 2007 yeah and yeah.
0: i think people I, I think people want gino now more for like the meme than anything else kind of like when they added ridley i felt like ridley was yeah. them saying like here you go you can have your your meme character but uh i gino is one of them waluigi is another one honest like truly goku <laughs> goku is another one of those people on the list where like if they add goku that that it's that's it that's it for the for the game you know yeah that yeah that would be that's so funny i just i, am, uh, I so clearly <laughs> can imagine can kirby with goku's hair
1: <laughs> oh yeah goku kirby you're right wow kirby is kind of majin-esque now that i think about it absolutely yeah amazing Full circle <laughs> Yeah, okay. Well we've atoned for our sins. I've I'm wearing a hair shirt and I threw salt over my shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't even know if that's how it works, but That sounds right. Yeah. You wanna, wanna move, move on? on? <laughs> yes. Okay. See you soon. Goodbye. the veil is thinning the dawn of spooky season is here i'm so excited we're finally here uh, in our spooky zone uh where we talk about some kind of halloween game we do this i think for every week this month we'll find at least one or two maybe more halloween appropriate games to talk about and for this week I have finally put in some time with the Binding of Isaac. I'm so I've excited. Been
0: I'm so excited yeah. to talk about
1: this game. <laughs> this is for you. I actually, it's worth noting. So I, I had throughout the year, I've been kind of finding games that I think would be cool to check out for this season. Truth be told, I wanted to do that with Hades. I wanted to keep Hades for Halloween, but it was just too urgent, too good, too soon. It was our river sticks into spooky <laughs> season. Yeah. Um. So we're in Tartarus now uh and our friend will i I tweeted out uh like hey if anyone has any because i I don't know like a i don't follow horror games super closely um it's a little bit of a blind spot so i tweeted like hey if anyone has any like halloween s games that are worth checking out please let me know we got a bunch which i will probably explore later in the month as well yeah and our friend will said has steven played binding of isaac Mm -hmm. almost in like a like a step up way, you know, not like a, <laughs> this would be fun to recommend. It's like, you should do this. Yes, yes, yes. So uh thank you. Will. I finally played it. We streamed it recently uh, and it was a really fun game to stream. And at this point I probably played it for like, I'm still very early. So I'm like probably five hours in hmm. total at this point. Have you, have you cleared it yet? Have you gotten to the end?
0: No, I haven't. Interesting. Okay, cool.
1: Yeah. Cause I'm bad at it. Uh Actually most of the stream, I, I didn't, I didn't, I was just kind of being goofy and you know, not really paying full attention but like half the stream was people being like pick up hearts yeah why are you not picking up
0: hearts? yeah the thing i kept saying to you over and over again was the game is so infrequently nice to you you have to take advantage of it when it is
1: yeah yeah i just i didn't know like what doors meant what yeah i was just sort of exploring. totally i mean that's that's um, a
0: roguelike that's learning yeah, what it means i yeah. didn't know what the what the door symbols in hades meant for a long time you know i didn't right, even realize that right. they were door symbols for a while So yeah, so I guess just
1: to do a quick recap, because I know this is a game that means a lot to you. Was it one of your bolded games for Games of the Decade? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So this is a big one for you. Um, This came out, I think, like, well, you know more about the release history, so I'll leave that to you if we want to recap our history with it. But basically, it is a roguelike in which you play as Isaac, a baby who is thrown in the basement by his mom, uh, because it's, it's, it's sort of a really grotesque parallel of the bible story it's that explored in the art style of the guy who made super meat boy so it's like simultaneously really like silly but also really horrifying yeah which sometimes i'm at odds with but i think overall it adds a lot of levity to like what's actually happening but you're exploring this basement uh, in a in a really traditional like Zelda one style where there are four doors and you clear a room and then you can proceed. And some of the doors will look differently, which will lead to different areas. So like the ones I kept ignoring <laughs> were the crown rooms, which are golden doors that have a crown and they give you some kind of upgrade, um, some kind of item that changes the way you attack and you attack by crying. It's sort of like a arcadey bullet hell in some ways where you hold your joystick in one direction and you cry tears in that direction so all the items are like maybe making your tears poisonous or maybe making the firing rate faster um it's 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 inherently off-putting and that's something that i Mm -hmm. i still kind of struggle with like it's a really gross game in terms of its halloween vibes it's definitely it's more unsettling and and disturbing than scary necessarily yeah absolutely but it will kind of stick with you and i i almost wish that like it knew what it wanted to be tonally a little bit more. Now, this game's been out for a while. I think it's it's just so accepted as what it is like in, I think, like gaming history that like, I don't know if I've really heard a lot of conversations about the subject matter itself, which we can maybe explore later because yeah. I know like you've been playing this since day one. But I do find it really, it, it does have that once you get kind of used to the to the really horrific imagery happening, it does have that, roguelike pull where you're like just wanting to see what else is there and there are enough kind of lore sprinkled in with the items and with the uh you you find tarot cards which you know i'm a sucker for (laughs) stuff like that that i'm like okay i'm at least asking questions i don't think this game is going to deliver in a meaningful way but like there's enough moving parts that i'm like into what the game is trying to do overall but i still bump up against certain aspects of it but mechanically i think it's very well done and i can see why people have dumped hundreds of hours into it and i've also like kind of aped its design in a lot of ways like this seems like the the early blueprint of a lot of modern roguelikes and i think i know for a fact that it did a lot to like make the genre popular in that time yeah in the early 2010s
0: yeah absolutely so uh, it's worth noting um edmund mcmillan the the developer of this game or like kind of the the lead designer of this game um Took a lot of inspiration from Splunky, which is a game we've talked about a lot on this show. Yeah. Especially recently. But apparently he played Splunky Classic and took a lot of inspiration from that. And it's like, how do I adapt that? You know, how do I, how do I kind of come at this kind of genre uh, with my own I even found it?
1: uh, an item that was the Splunking hat. Yes. So I kind of saw like a reference in there. That's yeah. cool.
0: Which I think lets you see secret doors or lets you see what's through yeah. doors. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Um, it's wild that I still remember that. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. So I think the first build came out. I'm gonna I'm gonna say 2011 or like the original like Flash version of the game came out around 2011, somewhere in that vicinity. And I immediately was hooked on it. Pretty much. Uh, so it, it was a Flash game. Uh, and and if you play the game now, if you buy it on any literally any platform right now, it will not be a Flash game anymore. And it had this this very clean kind of flash animation style. It looked a lot like Super Meat Boy in a way. Um or more like the cutscenes in Super Meat Boy, I guess. And in a lot of ways it was even more grotesque visually than it is now. I, I think I think switching over to like a pixel art style as as it has now actually kind of toned down how horrifying it looked. Um yeah. maybe as a way to get it on like Nintendo platforms and stuff. And there's a whole back and forth right. with Nintendo <laughs> continually rejecting this game every time they submitted it um because they submitted it for I think the Wii U and 3DS and got rejected multiple times until it eventually made it there. I actually bought it on 3DS and never played it. I just bought it because I was like, wow, I can't believe I can get the Binding of Isaac on a 3DS. But anyway, uh, yeah, I played it really early on. I, I think a lot of it was due to um, a YouTuber and streamer at the time that I was really into named Northern Lion, who was doing like tutorials on uh, Dark Souls uh, and and was also doing daily Binding of Isaac streams. I think he had just moved. He had just moved to a country where he didn't know anyone and was like teaching English there and was like doing it as a way to like connect with people on the Internet um, and was streaming Binding of Isaac daily. Uh, or sorry it was not streaming but was was uh, filming and releasing videos of him doing runs of Binding of Isaac daily um and just like watching what was possible in that game and and for the first time in my life because I hadn't played Splunky or any roguelike up until then um seeing that there was a game that like was endless and was less about seeing what story was there and more about seeing what you were capable of um i I thought was really fascinating so i downloaded it and i started playing it and i was immediately like all in like that was like really all i did for a long time um it's definitely worth noting i had like very very i might have talked about this in games of the decade but i i had like pretty severe insomnia around that time in my life i was sleeping for like an hour a night for like years just about and and At a certain point in the night, everybody I knew or everybody I talked to constantly throughout the day would like go to sleep, you know, like like they would. And uh, I would just stay up, you know, for however long playing Binding of Isaac and listening to podcasts. Uh, It was very much like my nightly ritual was to play Binding of Isaac for like hours and hours and hours and listen to podcasts. And over the course of the years, uh, I put like easily a thousand hours into this game. And I will say That after you put a thousand hours into this game, even after you've put like 20 to 30 hours into this game, uh, the horrific art style completely melts away to the background Uh, and it only becomes mechanics and it becomes like literally like a ride a bike scenario. Um, even when you were streaming the other night, I hadn't opened Binding of Isaac in forever, like on, like maybe years. I don't even know the last time I opened the game. I had to like download an update was like how long it's been. And, and I opened it up while you were streaming just so I could like kind of also get a feel for it because I wanted to play it a little bit before we came back here. And in, in my first run, I started a new save in my first run. I beat the game. Um, it really is like a ride a bike scenario for me where it's like, I, I don't even need any items or anything like just with like base stats. Like I can still get to the end. Um, which I feel very good about, but also just like goes to show how how strong this game is from a mechanic standpoint. It is so finely tuned that, that you could just hop in with, with no items and no synergies and nothing and still get something really cool out of it. Um, but then you add all those extra layers, right? The item rooms are amazing. The item rooms are like a joy every single time you find one. Mainly because they can completely fuck you over or they can help you or they can do absolutely nothing for you, which I think is an amazing thing. The fact that the game is so willing to be like, we're in- going to include an item that makes your run worse, I think is actually like <laughs> hilarious. It's an amazing thing for them to do. Uh, but more specifically, I think the thing that really stuck with me... Uh, early on in the earlier builds of this game it uh, w- was just like the synergies between things were so fascinating because you would actually have to put a lot of thought into whether or not you picked up an item and as i said earlier anytime the game is nice to you you should take advantage of it but there are a lot of instances where it's like okay i have the um i have the the item that gives me um a laser beam eye so i have one eye that's shooting tears and another eye that's shooting a constant laser beam um, and like maybe I don't want this uh this upgrade that makes my tiers smaller because it'll make my laser beam smaller, which means it'll do less damage, you know? Things like that. Where once you once you start to clock in those kinds of synergies and like figure out what actually is and is not a good build, you'll start to have like really, really wild runs in the way that you are now experiencing all the time in Hades. Um yeah, I, I think totally. I think that Hades like definitely took a page out of the Binding of Isaac blueprint um, in terms of just how to build builds in general and synergistic items uh, and upgrades and things like that. Uh, What Hades does is generally makes all of them good and helpful for you. Um, I think Binding of Isaac, it actually suits the theme and the tone of the game more to have things be horrible and negative Um, there in every run. You have the ability to pick up pills, which are just like multicolored capsules essentially. uh, And they randomly generate the colors and the effects of those pills So you can never memorize like, okay, if there's a pill with like a white cap on the bottom and the top of it is orange, um, that's going to mean a different thing in every single run. And sometimes it might mean restore all your health. Sometimes it might mean uh, teleport you directly to a boss room. Sometimes it'll mean that your tears shoot uh, in diagonal directions instead of uh, like compass north, south, east, west for like five rooms. And that is a nightmare (laughs) in a game that is completely grid based. So you, you have a lot of instances where like it's never really uh, clear cut what is or is not a good way to be playing this game. There's no real optimized way to play this game early on. Um, you'll find one eventually way down the line once you've memorized all the items and stuff. But for a long time, it's just going to be experimentation and seeing what's possible. And and I, I'm excited to be talking about this game now after talking about Splunky 2. And Hades and years after, you know, falling in love with a ton of other roguelikes like Rogue Legacy, uh, and 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 Dead Cells, which I was like kind of into, and Enter the Gungeon, which I think is fantastic. But uh I, I think going back to this game has been really interesting for that reason. Um yeah. because as we've mentioned in a lot of episodes about roguelikes recently, the thing that I'm most excited about with the genre in general and what I think is the actual evolution of the genre is what Hades is doing with narrative. Um, I, I think yeah. I think injecting a reason beyond just mechanics to play these games is important because. There are so many of them now. Uh, and 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 it's hard to rise to the top. And I think one one easy way to do that is to make me invested in the characters that I'm playing as. Binding of Isaac, like, doesn't really have that at all. Binding of Isaac is just riding on the coattails of its mechanics. And honestly, at the time when it came out, that's great. And and revisiting it, I still think it's great. But it kind of does a little bit pale in comparison to some of the more recent stuff, which is a little bit of a bummer to say about like a game that I have put literally a thousand hours into and like <laughs> feel very fondly about. Um to look back on it and say like oh yeah this definitely could be better and not only that but it's i actually think it's gotten a little bit worse which is a bummer because they've added so much to it they continue to add these updates and there's another one that just got announced like a week ago Uh, they're adding like hundreds of new items and and mechanics to the game and i start to wonder like at what point does it become imparsible at what point can you just like not know what all the items are and how they all synergize because there's so many variables and so many possibilities that every run is a complete crapshoot, and so many items are now negative that, like, your odds of having a positive run are actually really low. I I I wonder what that's going to feel like, and I'm going to get that update when it comes out. And I'm going to try it, and I, <laughs> I, I want to check it out, um, especially if it's out on Switch. But I I am curious to to hear your perspective as somebody who is like just jumping into this now um if it felt daunting in the way that i feel like it might be daunting
1: um yeah i mean it you know i i played this game for maybe two minutes at your house seven years ago so that's like we really play multiplayer yeah that's really all i knew and i i i, I was intrigued by it I, I i think and i said this on the stream but i think like um what i find more daunting than the possibilities because i'm kind of open like I'm just letting that hit me like a breeze like, like whatever this run's going to be like I don't care about winning because I don't have that incentive that I do in Hades where like I want to see yeah what happens even though the the plot progresses if you win or lose like you will you know there's a lot to be gained for for getting at a certain point and in, in Binding of Isaac it really is just sort of mystery mm-hmm. what I found the most kind of uh hard is just how unpleasant it is yeah <laughs> and that's i mean that's why i chose it. I, I willingly did this for for spooky season for halloween and it's very much that and if you're looking for a game that is kind of creepy you know, that isn't like it's not going to make you like yell, uh, and but it's like definitely creepy and like in kind of a almost like gremlins way, right? Uh, but I just think like it has this kind of mix, and I and I like I like the art style, but it does kind of remind me. I mean, he he started on Newgrounds, right? Yeah, big Newgrounds uh, developer, yeah, 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 yeah. And and I think like he's definitely got like a style, and and uh, I'm it's it's committing to that vibe, but I think like. There's this mesh between like we are committing to like a very harrowing uh, representation of a biblical tale and then like weird comics of like my pants getting pulled down and like people Mm -hmm. laughing at at Isaac. yeah so like i just don't know like and then when you lose there's a kind of a fun, and like that adds a lot of levity but i think sometimes it's like what is this game like what am i supposed to feel right now because yeah. like i i find it so and and playing it today on the stream like I, I truthfully wasn't sure i didn't know what was good or what was bad i didn't know what the risk rewards were every room is full of shit and blood and i didn't know what mm-hmm. mattered so i was just running around and singing like i do uh <laughs> and playing it again today i got a better idea of like, OK, like, am I going to stick around in this area before I go into the boss room? Like, do I now I have a little bit of, of knowledge of, of these items? And and I, I think that the 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 atmosphere, like you said, eventually started to not get in the way. But I think like I don't want I don't want to feel nothing about the environment or the design. I want that yeah. to be effective. And I think what's most effective and what I really commend the artist for doing The creator, Edmund Millen, right? I think the fact that when you get these upgrades and everything, Isaac becomes more monstrous looking. So eventually you look like another enemy in the game, which feels purposeful. Uh, and Very I think much. that like, you know, it's meant to be unsettling. It's doing what it, it's, it's doing what it is committing to. I just wonder about like, uh, w- how successful it would have been if it maybe veered a little bit away from like the more sophomoric elements. Um, yeah. In some ways that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I think you're kind of right on the nose. Cause uh, again, I mean, just to bring it back to Hades all the time, but like in, yeah. in Hades, you know, the whole thing is that you are trying to escape the underworld, right? And that should be hard and that should be difficult. And just like that, that setting by itself really lends a lot to the genre right like it it, it is a commentary on the genre in a way um yeah and th- this is like the most bare bones version of that you know like it should be fucking horrific down there and you should want to escape um yeah is, is kind of the deal it's very it's very similar to Hades in a weird way I I, I definitely know where you're coming from just in, in terms of the more sophomoric stuff you know like the the actual shit with smiley faces on it like is yeah is like wild it's a wild choice but I that's just uh, to me that just comes with you know it's a very singular voice you know it's edmund mcmillan this is like his whole vibe this is what his vibe has always been but uh yeah i mean whenever i recommended this game to people back in the day it always was like i know that it looks horrible but you should try it you know um, you should give it a whirl and like maybe you'll you'll come out the other end the same way I did and, and just like play it for what it is and enjoy it mechanically. Um and and I, I know a lot of people who did try it and did not have that experience. You know, there are a lot of people I know who who tried this game and, and it did not work for them because they couldn't get past the the look of the thing, and I very much understand that. And and I, I wouldn't really I I wouldn't be bummed out if anybody was listening to this right now and they're like, oh, wow, yeah, this sounds like a cool game. Let me go check it out. And then they looked at like literally just the screenshots on (laughs) on the Steam page or whatever. I'm like, I'm going to back out of here. Thank you, though, (laughs) for trying um, I mean and I that's that. all subjective like I'm someone
1: who likes Wind Waker and like you know like I, I tend to lean towards like I mean you and I both prefer Elder Scrolls to Fallout so like mm-hmm. not that I need everything to be clean but I think if it's going to be grotesque I want to know why you know and I yeah. think that it, it does a number and that's again why it's a Halloween game it really does create this tense unsettling, uneasy environment. And I kind of want that to escalate. I think this game is at its best when it is full of enemies. I I weirdly want it to be faster paced. The beginning is a little bit of a slog. You're just wet tears onto like one crap with the face. Yep. And then, you know, you hear awful sounds and then you move to the next room and like, that's not a great way to pull you in. You know, like (laughs) I think this game pulled me in when it finally like was like, Oh my God, how do I avoid all this? Oh my God, this is so nightmare. I almost, want it to be more nightmarish that's like weirdly where i'm coming from where it's like commit you know like i want to see i want to see uh, uh the end result of my actions it doesn't seem like there's really any plot resolution either which is not I. It, it's unfair to judge i'm not trying to like put a different game on top of this game but i do think i am responding well to the mechanics and to the atmosphere even though it is horrific i don't know i want to stick around with it to be honest but i do think uh dear listener if you're looking for like a blueprint of the modern roguelike um or at least like the game that that made it popular um definitely worth checking out i think it has that appeal of every run is different yeah and also for the halloween season it's definitely unsettling so if you're into this kind of gremlins shit you'll love it yeah it'd uh, be a fun
0: game to pick yeah. up like for the month you know
1: yeah totally um
0: and maybe by the end of the month you'll also play for a thousand hours <laughs> you'll, you'll just yeah fall fall head over heels yeah i Some of the earlier updates that came out for this game definitely improved it in ways that I I think are are notable. Um, Just adding a lot of like wild secrets and stuff and like kind of getting more into the like biblical nightmare shit. Um, Specifically, like, for example, uh, you I think you ran into it once. Maybe not. If you manage to make it through a boss fight without taking damage and if you make it through a whole room without taking damage, you have an increased chance of finding what's called what's called a devil room where you can give up your hearts like your your max life for items that are like way overpowered mm-hmm. which are amazing and if you continue to do that over and over and over again you can like very literally go down into hell and fight the devil alternatively there are other things uh which maybe I won't spoil where if you do them in the right order Uh, You continue to get angel rooms, which allow you to go up to heaven and fight God. Wow. So there's like a ton going on in this game. I mean, there's like, you know, there's very much the classic, like, make it through the four worlds and beat mom. Like, that's the whole deal you know but outside of that there are like billions and billions of variables that that can shift uh and and change and there's secret doors all over the place that'll take you to wild places um there are like certain items that you can pick up that'll bring you to like side voids almost like visiting chaos rooms in a weird way in hades um that have like entirely new mechanics built into them there's just a ton here uh so if, if you are looking for Uh, a game that you could play for a really, really, really long time and never find everything. Uh, Binding of Isaac is that. And there seems to be another update coming out that I'm sure is going to do even more. From what I understand, the update is worth contextualizing that one in particular because it's been a long time since the last one. And I was really curious why and I looked into it apparently there have just been a lot of like really big fan mods that have added a bunch of items and stuff to the game over the years and mcmillan went and talked to the people that made those fan mods and said let's collect all of these and put them in like a big package so they're actually like legitimately releasing all of this work that all the fans have done which is i think That's really awesome. cool um, yeah totally and it's actually like as much as i am starting to worry that it's like ballooning to a size that is like unmanageable i am most interested in this update versus all the previous ones in a weird way because i i would love to see what the community came up with because i'm sure they're playing with the mechanics of this thing in in a way that like it would be hard to do if you were the creator of it you know i think like when you're so close to it it's sometimes hard to see those things um i i'm in the middle of watching um the i think three and a half hour tim rogers review of doom right now (laughs) which is wild it's on youtube check it out um but Uh, He has this really interesting point where uh, he's just talking about fan made levels that got modded into Doom over the years and how a lot of them are somehow sometimes more impressive than the actual levels that were built into the game, specifically because the people that made the game like built it with a very specific purpose and the engine was supposed to do certain things and it's outside people coming into it and exploring it and poking around at it figuring out new ways to use that engine in like surprising and innovative uh, levels that they, that they created. Um, and that's what I'm looking forward to from this binding of Isaac expansion. If, if that is in fact, what is happening?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. It's cool. that They're so dedicated to this game. And, and I think like, I almost think it's impossible for me to even say how I feel about it, given how early I'm in, you know, like there's mm. so much I left to see, but you know, I thought I'd share my, my, I, I wanted to check it out cause I knew how much it meant to you. And it felt perfect for the season. So here I am. Totally. Yeah, it's it's, it's
0: extremely gross. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, check it out if you're into gross stuff. Um, and if you're not, maybe check it out anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. That event it will either
1: not be an issue anymore. Well, I, I, I actually don't know. I might contest <laughs> you on that. I think I could see like. You said about Fallout, like, you don't want to be in that world, and that's how I feel about Isaac outside yeah. of when it's Halloween. Totally. Like, I don't know if I want to play this in April. Yeah, like I, I
0: mean, it. look, me saying I played so much of this game that I'm desensitized to the visuals is not a plus. <laughs> 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 but it is what happened. And yeah, it could yeah. happen to you, but too.
1: I think more than, more than the, the graphics changing or whatever, I think that the mechanics... You might love those enough that if you do find difficulty with the visuals, it may balance
0: out. Yeah, eventually. yeah. Um, uh, cool. It is wild though. I, I do. I do want to mention this. Like, I put all of that time into the original Flash release, and I have never put that kind of time into the like official like pixel art real release. That's interesting. It's it's as if I played you know hundreds and hundreds of hours of Spelunky Classic and like never played Spelunky HD. Like that's kind of what this is like. Um, yeah, and I'm. One of the things I've been questioning as I knew we were going to talk about this is just like, why is that the case? Is it just that I had my fill of the thing and I didn't need any more? So like when it continued to come out, it was like, I've actually done this already and I, I can move on to other things. Or is it specifically that there is something happening in this official release that I don't think is working on like a subconscious level? That it's just like not working as well for me as the original one. And I, I'm not sure what the answer to that is, but I did want to just say that out loud uh, because it's something I've been thinking about a lot recently. Because I do have The Binding of Isaac on literally every platform it's available for.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. If you're interested in it, it is on everything. I got uh, Rebirth is like the H- Spunky HD version. Yeah. And then Afterbirth is like an expansion, I think. Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's afterbirth plus right now and i don't know what the next one is called
1: um yeah and i i think i got it for like 15 so you can definitely get it yeah like it's been it's out like for a
0: while on ios and android like you could really get it on <laughs> literally any device uh it'll run yeah. on everything too that's kind of it it is kind of weirdly doom adjacent in that way where like it can run on every device
1: yeah yeah but i, I definitely i think i'll i'll if i do put more time into it i definitely would love to revisit it one day because there's so much going on here totally. but it, at the very least, it was just cool to be seasonal and also <laughs> to just see, like, I think I, I think I feel the way about, I feel this way about Binding of Isaac that you probably felt about like Final Fantasy IX when you're like, okay, this is like an earlier version of this genre that mm-hmm. Steven loves, you know, and this is kind of how I feel about Binding of Isaac yeah. a little bit, though mechanically, I think it's definitely aged better than Final Fantasy IX. <laughs> um <laughs> But I think Final Face* and is a little more magical,
0: but less Halloween. So yeah. you know, checks and balances. <laughs> cool. That's our that's our first spooky season segment. Yeah. Um, do you know what you're going to talk about next week? Should we allude to next week? I have yeah, I have ideas I, for what I want to play. I mean, I have two games. I have think some about ideas.
1: Uh, there, there. Are, uh, oh, again, thank you, Will, for a uh, recommendation uh, for *Bonnie of Isaac*. The ones that are floating around, uh, I have Alien Isolation, which I never played. Yeah. And I know that that's very scary.
0: Uh, (laughs) I also haven't played it. I'm really looking forward to um, trying it. So
1: that might happen. Biohazard will definitely happen, because I Aj a lot in this this (laughs) life. Uh, And another one that was recommended on Twitter uh, was The Dawn of Sorrow, Castlevania, for the 3DS. Oh, wow. Um, I got that. Uh, a week or two ago from my favorite retro game store, so cool. uh, I will be playing that eventually. So those three games will definitely happen. I'm not sure which one will be next week though. Yeah, and there's a bunch of other stuff kind of up in the air as well. Yeah,
0: on my end, I want to replay Soma really bad. Mm. Um, I am really curious to check out Carrion which I already have downloaded. Yeah, um, and Necrobarista yeah, yeah. as well, which I also have downloaded. Um, and and those three are kind of like the big ones that I'm excited to check out again. let
1: me know because those are also on my list and i have most of them yeah. so we can maybe coordinate to to play them at the same time cool nice cool also dear listener if you're feeling spooky and you have if any recommendations please let us know uh even if we can't fit it in this year maybe in the future spooky season yeah cool well i'm gonna turn off this candle and throw my ouija board in the trash and cry <laughs> in the basement next <laughs> to crap <laughs>
0: We'll be back soon dear listener with more goodbye. video games
1: more video games but not as scaly goodbye let's put the mask on that
0: cat again ha! <laughs>
1: Ethan. dear listener oh oh <laughs> oh oh i'm sorry i'll just be one minute <laughs> this is the restroom i'm <laughs> taking a crap it's in the
0: basement what were you gonna say i'll share my intro once you're done please take it away you having an intro is way better than whatever was gonna come out of my mouth
1: <laughs> well, i was, gonna I was yes sanding
0: the whole time baby
1: yes <laughs> sanding oh uh, every time you say yes and i lose a year of my life i think <laughs> anyway
0: yeah you um, actually have like a for real improv background so me saying yes and out loud probably does actually do something negative to your brain right if
1: you, if you say zip zap zop i turn to dust <laughs> and then you can put me in an urn somewhere in hades uh i was gonna say you know you might be thinking this is the start of spooky season it's a new season falls in the air it's brisk the leaves are changing. It's exciting. I just came back
0: from camping, you on a camping. mountain. It, it, the leaves were changing. It was it was very cold out. It was beautiful.
1: Yeah, and we've been hyping up spooky season for for what feels like six months. At least I have. <laughs> uh, you might be thinking, "Where's the celebration? Where's the where's the pageantry?" Mm-hmm. You know, this is a, a new thing, and you're in luck, dear listener, because I have at this point played all three of the persona dancing games that's right persona 3 dancing and moonlight which weirdly is kind of spooky more on that later again <laughs> uh persona 4 dancing all night and persona 5 dancing in starlight what's your favorite name
0: personally. of the three of those
1: my favorite name um my favorite name is dancing all night because that's like so all-encompassing yeah. star and moon is specific
0: yeah I really, I really wish the whole package was just called dancing all night. I really, I, I yeah, love that.
1: Name. Yeah. So this is, uh, for those unfamiliar, um, randomly, I think like a year after Persona four golden came out, uh, on the Vita, they released like out of nowhere. No one really knew this. Like, I don't think anyone really wanted this to happen, <laughs> but just sort of manifested one day, uh, they released a game called Persona four dancing all night on Vita in like 2015 um 2014 maybe that game was half a uh, rhythm game like DDR where you're pushing buttons to the rhythm of the song um and all the music is from Persona which as if you're familiar with the series or if you've heard us talk about it if there's any like thing talk about taking a thing and making a game around it like I think that was probably it they were like this music is so good why don't we just make a whole spin-off around the music of Persona yeah so that's what happened they made this uh dancing rhythm game but the thing about persona 4 dancing all night is that it's also half if not more than half a canonical sequel to the game so a lot of it is like a visual novel that is like going out of its way to explain why suddenly this cast you've grown to love and trust are dancing against (laughs) shadows instead of fighting them and and, and more on that later because i want to talk about all of them so that that's the start of this was persona 4 dancing all night and it's been re-released to ps4 which is where i played it uh you sent me a link with no text you just sent me you know you kind of like a a aloof dionysus tossed me a grape one day Mm -hmm. uh, without looking and it was a link to a sale it was a bundle. It actually only advertised the protagonists of 3 and 5 on the cover. So it was Dancing in Moonlight, Dancing in Starlight. Yeah. And those games actually came out a couple years ago, like in 2018. And they were released side by side. It was sort of a Fire Emblem Faith scenario. Right. Where, like, they're kind of the same game, but one had a different cast and different music. You sent me a link, the the Divine Grape, that was... <laughs> eighteen dollars for all three of those games i thought it was just the two but it was all three yeah which if that's still the deal that is perfect like i don't again like i don't want to i don't want to say like what price should be what but i think i'll say at the top if you're a big persona fan you'll you'll be very happy that you spent eighteen dollars on
0: all three of these games (laughs) it'll
1: be too much power for you to yield honestly
0: yeah after watching your stream at all, I was very happy that you spent $18 on game. Me too. That game. Like, I mean, oof, it's so fun. I'll, it's so fun. I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I, I think that
1: spending, I don't know if they were released to $60, but spending $60 on one of these, I think you would maybe feel like, okay, maybe that was a bit too much. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> there was one too many dollars. But I think, like, um, they're all really fun, and I'm excited to explore why. So at this point, I have... uh played all the songs in three and five four as i said earlier is half visual novel so i haven't been able to play a ton of it but i play like the first you know four or five songs i'll say off the bat four is definitely the weakest unfortunately like the rhythm game itself uh you know the foundation is set there so it's like kind of classic ddr there are moving things and then when they hit the icon you hit the button so the left side of the screen are the arrows and the right side are the, uh, you know, circle X triangle buttons. Yeah. Um, and then every now and then there will be a blue disc where if you flick the joystick, it's like a record scratch and those aren't mandatory, but they like increase combos and stuff. And if you do that enough, another friend of yours will show up and be like, can I join and start dancing too? That's great. Which is amazing. So, I think this the the first one Persona 4 Dancing All Night is like fun and like if you love that cast there's a certain novelty in just like seeing them again like seeing what they're up to but it does feel a little bizarre like and I guess they maybe felt the need to justify it because like this is still so left field for the series like even Persona 4 which is the most lighthearted one yeah is still like a heavy game like it's still dealing it, that game uh for real? is yeah is a murder mystery basically but primarily is all about like accepting your true self you know and that's the whole vibe of the game mm-hmm. and and for those unfamiliar i mean i think at this point if you're listening to this episode this far in you've heard us talk about persona so i don't want to explain the whole thing because if i have to explain the dancing games and what persona is in the same episode i think i'll actually turn into ash uh, i think I that's too much cosmic responsibility for me in one moment <laughs> The the thing about Persona 4 All Night is is the fact that it has this story, even though there are some fun moments between characters and like, you know, that whole that whole side of it can be fun. There's so much that even me, a person who like looks for story and everything, was skipping half of it just to like get to the next dance. Yeah. Like I'm like, I don't need you know, and, and the plot is like you're you're rescuing one of the cast members of Persona 4 is an idol, and the whole setup is that there's another group of idols who are like in the other worlds and the shadows now are kind of like pulling people into this weird uh, stage evil circus it is kind of Halloween now that I think about it <laughs> and they're like aren't you tired of like living out to people's expectations just just become the thing everyone wants you to be which is kind of an interesting idea it's like yeah, you know, just conform to other people's expectations of you and of course the main cast are like, no, be yourself, and I'm going to dance to prove why. Uh, and that's the whole game. I love um, this. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's extremely silly, and the dancing is great, and, and the soundtrack of that game is, you know, the, the actual dancing and the actual soundtrack are just as good as the other two, but I do think the story gets in the way. Like, it's so much. Mm-hmm. It is so much. Like, at a certain point, like, I get the beginning, but then you can kind of just, you know, do dance after dance because you're still in the same setting. Like they don't really change the at least in the story mode they don't change like where you are so that it's kind of a mess but it's it's a fun proof of concept and three and five they get rid of the story entirely like when you turn on the game oh, okay the the cast wakes up in the velvet room which is like that's like the thing that connects all the games it's 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 the place you go to like fuse personas and there's like a creepy man named Igor who's like welcome J- trickster yeah whatever the whole cast and you know in five it's five and three it's three obviously the whole cast wakes up in the velvet room and the attendee of that game is like hey like you're all here and you all have to dance like that's it like it's so (laughs) self-aware and i really appreciate that because i don't know like the best thing that the four dancing game has going for it is when you complete a number the character will summon their persona and it plays the like that Uh, whole song and then Their persona pulls out an instrument and does a solo on it. So like (laughs) seeing Yukiko's persona just pull out a saxophone and do like a saxophone solo it was like incredible. Oh my god. Kanji's plays the drums. Like that is maybe worth paying sixty dollars to see. Yeah. It's incredible. But I, I think having played a lot of three and five, the the idea that it just sets it up in a fun way and then it's just like almost Tony Hawk in structure where you're just choosing a track and score chasing, basically um and that's weirdly i find these games occupy a similar space now where i'm Mm. like i'm just score chasing and i'm I'm experiencing this really fun music yeah and there's something about all the games especially
0: left and right
1: (laughs) (laughs) there's something really celebratory and lighthearted about uh three and five especially like if I had to say which one is the best, I would actually say three, weirdly. I think three has the best songs or the best remixes. Yeah. And that cast, like I've I've played all these games and the cast of three, Persona 3 in particular is, is the darkest of the three, of the three modern Persona games. It is very much the bridge between the like really grim SMT world and the much more colorful Persona world. Mm. I, I would describe, now that I've seen it, I would describe the atmosphere of three as very Evangelion esque, where like even in the moments of levity, there's just this undercurrent of like stress and sadness, yeah. like, throughout the whole game, and that's why I think people love three because it has this very thick sense of atmosphere that that really carries the whole game. Like I think four and five very much feel like in the way the plot is structured, it feels like you're watching a show and there are different seasons for different characters or right, different villains, Right? Right? Yeah, but three. Even though it has a bit of a slow start, I think the more I play three and, and I'm near the end in my secret playthrough of it. But uh, <laughs> that to me is a game that feels like it comes together in the end. Mm-hmm. And it's so much about death and about things ending and about like, you know, uh, we talked about it briefly in an episode in the past where like I, I mentioned how like in the loading screen, it's always an eye closing and opening. Mm. Yeah, that whole game is centered around this idea of of ending, you know, even more than death in some ways. And to see the cast of that game just let loose and have fun is is very heartwarming. I'm like, yeah, that's these gotta kids be. deserve a break. Yeah, like give them that a has break. to feel good. <laughs> yeah, um, there's also the only sprinkling of story is the more you play and you unlock certain like in-game achievements, you'll unlock uh, social link scenes with those characters. So the little vignettes oh, nice. of dialogue. Okay, I will say, in and, and full circle with Spooky Season. In both three and five, at one point, the Velvet Room attendee says, "If you all lose, you go to hell." Like, that is just <laughs> said out loud, which is so. Fu- I mean, it's it's treated as a joke, like because um, both games attendees are like kind of in their own world, literally. So, like you know, Ryuji freaking out about going to hell if he doesn't dance well is like comic gold. Yeah, that's awesome. And you know, some of them are a little cringy, but there are some really fun scenes. Like there's one with Igis who's the robot friend of three and she's like i was made to be a weapon but now i'm dancing this is so exciting her next logic is like so i'm gonna i need you know three stun grenades and eight rockets to pull off these dance moves like still through (laughs) the logic of that yeah if if you're if you're as big of a persona fan as i am these are so fun they're so silly and they're so exactly what they're trying to be and Mm. i think what what really shines for me too is that like Half the cast aren't good at dancing, which is so funny to me. Like, their dancing is kind of emblematic of who their characters are. So Ryuji's just sort of, like, moshing. You know, Haru is kind of doing ballet. Futaba's, like, weirdly river dancing and just, like, things she thinks are dancing. I love you know. That.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Uh,
1: the biggest bummer is there's one song in five soundtrack. It's, it's Last Surprise. Um, not the remix, which was great, but the original one... Both games do this thing where like the songs are either uh that character dancing in an environment from the game to either a remix or an original song. Then there are some that are just like animated uh you know videos like the both games trailers have an original song that have levels associated with them. Uh, There's also live concert footage and then there's also weirdly both games have like an all boys number and an all girls number which is like a little weird but in three it's fun because the all boys number they make them like a boy band where they're all like looking at the camera like it reminds me a lot of that Bob's Burgers episode where uh, is it Luis Kristen Shaw's character. Yeah yeah yeah. She's like obsessed with that boy band. Where like, you know, she gets a crush for the first yes, time. Yes, 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 I do remember. It, that episode, it's yeah. it's it's choreographed like that. Where it's like this very over the top, like you know. But then randomly, they all pull out lightsabers. It's like very silly. <laughs> and the all and the all girls number is like they're all in Tron and like these like cyberpunk outfits. So I'm like, that's great. For some reason in 5, the all boys number is like a really bad lip sync to uh Life will change, which is like a whole thing. And then the all girls number is like this really uncomfortable like cell block tango burlesque number, which is like so out of place yeah. from the rest of the game. Like it, it, like Persona's always had moments of like uncomfortable gaziness or like blind spots with like the fact that these games are all about like being yourself and exploring unconscious bias. And then randomly the game will like have a blatant unconscious bias, like hitting you, you know, sucker punch style. Totally. It's just, it's just really uncomfortable for a variety of reasons. And it's not enough to ruin the whole game, but like I would say just like play that song once to beat it and then never look at it again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Everything else is so joyous and so fun. And there's like a bunch of silly outfits to unlock. Like I have that mask that you alluded to earlier, which is just like a human face that I put on Morgana and it just is so Perfect. It's a
0: nightmare. Yeah, it's really awful. <laughs> it is like true spooky season material. Yeah, you, Steven was streaming. Um, I, I should mention again, we're streaming a lot more, like a lot, a lot yeah. more. But anyway, Stephen was streaming uh, this game and, and I was watching the stream like in a park. Uh, my partner and I were literally yelling out loud, like, "No, Steven, No, don't do it! No!" <laughs> yeah, the whole
1: chat was like, "What am I watching?" Someone said, "This is my first introduction to anything person," <laughs> which was just Morgana dancing on the beach with the human mask. Yeah, I'm having so much fun with it. It's the exact kind of dumb energy I needed right now. Like, yeah, I very much dumb got that. in the in the highest compliment. Like, I I think that. It's also just sort of a celebration of the series. I think that um, if you can't get the bundle, I would say get three or five depending on which game you like more. Mm. Um, but I think three has more hits in it uh, track wise. Yeah. So yeah, that's, those are those games. I'm having a blast. If 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 you all enjoyed the last stream, let me know. I'd love to stream this again. And I'm kind of at a mode now where like I've finished three and fives uh, levels on normal and I'm doing them all on hard and there's another difficulty all night, which is like so tough. It's like Celeste B-level's tough, and I'm trying <laughs> to slowly do those. So it is very much a Tony Hawk, where it's a game I could just put on for like a half hour, hit a goal that I've made for myself, and then leave. And yeah, that's like that's great. There is such a void for that in my life. And I think I just haven't played a rhythm game in so long. But that's another thing, too. Like, I haven't played a Guitar Hero or DDR in so long. That's the biggest thing, too. This game had a mat. It would be all I'd be playing. Like, yeah. I would love for this game to have a mat. But does it not? Is there not a way to get a mat and use it for this? I'm sure there is, like, not officially. Like, someone may can make it work with, like, the Donkey Konga bongos. I would be, I would <laughs> bet that it has, like, DDR mat
0: support. I
1: would bet anything. If it does, you know I'm getting it. Because that would be a dream. They're really fun. I am a big fan of them. I'm very surprised. because I, I didn't really know. Like, you sent me that link, and I, I've always known these games existed. And I didn't really know, like... is this like you know i didn't know what it was gonna be i didn't know what to expect and they're just very silly and very fun so i'm i'm a big fan
0: yeah i that's a that's a thing it's just worth uh peeking behind the curtain that's very much a thing that i do constantly with steven and aj is i just send them (laughs) links with no context all the time um that's just what it's like to be friends with me in general uh Now that I'm thinking about it and saying it out loud. But anyway, yeah. The as to me
1: is me sending you that picture you made of Willy Wonka with
0: Tony Hawk's face with nothing else. <laughs> um. Anyway, I, I knew as soon as I sent that to you that it was going to be something that you were going to love. And uh, hopefully something that you uh, would enjoy in the current moment. I'm glad that you are. That makes me really happy. I'm glad. Yeah.
1: That. I mean, I'm such a big Persona fan that I had to get them eventually, especially for this show. Like it was the perfect ingredient for an into the Aether game where it's like something I don't know what it is or why it exists. Yeah. And I give it a shot for $18. So that's like the peak recipe for ITA greatness. And uh, <laughs> I'm dancing all night. What can I
0: say? Yeah. Um, I, I'm just, uh, yeah, there, I'm just going to say this out loud. Cause I'm curious what, what listeners think this is unrelated to the persona dancing games. But I'm just thinking of some other stuff that I want to check out, but the persona dancing games are definitely inspiring these choices. Uh-huh. Um, because I knew that you were going to talk about these games, and I know that you and I are going to talk about Persona 5 more eventually at some point, I'm sure. If, oh, yeah. But there are two games that I'm kind of interested in checking out right now, and I, I'm interested to hear what the listeners think uh, and if I should check them out. One of them is called 13 Sentinels. I think Aegis Rim is the subtitle of it. Uh, which you and I were like iffy on. It's it's by yeah. I
1: didn't love the the look of it, but I know it's another Atlas game, and people like are really into
0: it. Yeah, so maybe. yeah. It's like yeah. Atlas and VanillaWare, and and uh, I have only seen people raving about it. Uh, yeah, which is fascinating because it came out of absolutely nowhere for me. So I'm I'm interested in checking it out maybe. Um, and the other one is one for Switch that I'm amazed that you haven't checked out yet, which is Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Which oh is, yeah which is that yeah. like fire emblem um kind of like spin off game that's set in like modern tokyo that uh i've seen a lot of people say is has a big persona 3 energy but is also just like very like lighthearted and like warm in a way which is it feels like the opposite of persona 3 energy maybe
1: but, they meant persona 4 because 3 is like issue yourself in the head and wake up to i know that's to
0: why i was no room. i it's definitely yeah. <laughs> persona 3 that's why i'm so confused by it oh okay so i i don't know i i've been thinking about checking out both uh recently just because i kind of I, I want something to like really dig into you know and that might be Genshin impact i don't know maybe as i play more of that i'll i'll, I'll find that in there but uh yeah yeah just just want to throw that out for for the listeners if you have any thoughts or opinions about either of those
1: yeah totally and i mean that's also like an open thing like if you ever think i mean people have been recommending us hades like as it's been in early access for a long time yeah I'm, I just want to say I don't want to add to that thought, too. Like, I'm amazed how chill the early access Hades Haiti pl- players have been. <laughs> like, I feel like if I knew what was coming, I would be like a madman on the streets. Like, you don't know what awaits you. Yeah. It's so good. The
0: beginning is nigh. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the opposite of that. It's like the beginning is the beginning rules. Yeah. It's Hades, baby. If you ever have a game that we have yet to cover that you think could make for a good episode or that we would enjoy based on what you think we like let us know it doesn't even have to be about us if you just like want to hear us talk about a game like that's cool i'm i'm so open to checking out anything at this point i mean look at our cat we've done over 100 episodes we've covered a lot of stuff <laughs> i feel like just bring it on um i have been uh there's been a lot of talk in the discord in the community pickle channel about like what makes it into the Aether game. It's been that whole thing. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, um, it, it's worth mentioning the community pickle is a vote um, that is like a, a bracketed vote to find like what is the definitive, I guess, like into the Aether game, but more specifically the, the definitive uh, TWG online, which is the name of our Discord uh, game, I think
1: yeah yeah it's more about like what is what represents the community more than like you and i yeah
0: but a lot of the conversations you're right in in that channel have been like what makes an into the aether video game
1: yeah and there are some that like uh the one that kept popping up was valkyria chronicles which i have picked up and played and we'll talk about one day soon oh cool i'm excited yeah man Anyway, more on that later, actually. Um, but uh, I bring that up solely because... That's the name of the episode, right? Is more on that later. <laughs> <Phwomp>. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I bring that up because it's something that a lot of people were like, okay, this hasn't been discussed, but this is like so their shit, specifically mm. me. Yeah. and Or maybe it wasn't me, but I this was egocentric enough to think that. <laughs> but either way, I bring that up because it's like something that was brought up in the discord and i took a chance on it like i love doing that price permitting and and making sure that my backlog isn't too high um but just let us know that's what i'm trying to say like let us know we're very very open to checking out stuff we have no idea what it is
0: yeah cool
1: uh, should we wrap up then absolutely
0: i'd love to uh start the wrap up bit by uh, just mentioning again we're streaming a lot i'm streaming every weekday morning at the moment i'm playing hades every morning um which has been going like surprisingly really well. I've I've won yeah. or I've like cleared the game on my last f- 5 runs in a row, which has been wild. Um I'm at 6 runs total that I've I've uh succeeded at, which is amazing. So, uh tune in if you want to see that and tune out if you don't want to be spoiled at what happens at the end. Um but join me until that point. Um but yeah, also Steven's been streaming some stuff at night. I think I'm also going to hop in and start doing some like night streams every once in a while as well. It's worth noting. Uh, also, I'm going to have to take a week off soon from streaming. And Steven was uh, maybe alluding to like doing a stream or two that week uh, in lieu of me doing or me not doing my stream. So that, that's fun. So anyway, all that's available at twitch.tv slash into the cast. Uh, and then also, if you can't watch the things live, uh, they're all available on YouTube at youtube.com slash into the Um All those links are into the cast online.
1: If you want to see Morgana with a human face, you got it. Uh, you can go do that yeah yeah. i I think the next game i'm gonna do might be alien isolation so this episode comes out wednesday oh my god and uh i think on friday night i'm gonna do like an actual scary ass halloween stream it'll be fun that is thrilling i'm Um, so excited yeah yeah maybe i'll do the same thing with soma i might just do a really scary game and then just do persona dancing to like chill out and then go back to a scary game (laughs) i love that might be my rhythm Yeah, yeah oh
0: that actually that'd be great yeah
1: also, I'm, like, weirdly good at the... Anyway, that's a whole other conversation. You are weirdly like, good
0: at Persona. <laughs> dancing games, yeah. You're really
1: good at them. I still them being all night, so who am I? But, you know, one day. Yeah. I'm at a point where I've had the game for, like, three days, and I'm able to complete an all-night level, but not not get the clear. Yeah, you know, yeah I don't yeah. get that announcer validation. <laughs> well, actually, it was very funny. At the end of the stream, I tried to do an all-night level with uh, Futaba. It was a really... One of my favorite, one of my favorite actual remixes of Last Surprise. It's in Leblanc Cafe. It's a great level. Oh, and I was, I feel comfortable with this level. I like the song. I'm gonna try to do it all night. I got to the end and it was not cleared, and I quit out. And Futaba went, "This game sucks." And like that's just like <laughs> the way it
0: ended. And that's just like the the energy I want to carry with me going forward. I love that. Yeah. Hey, if uh, if you want to back the show on Patreon, that is the thing that you can go do. You can go to patreon.com slash into the cast for that. As we've said uh, every week for many weeks at this point, if backing the show in any way negatively impacts you financially, uh, really no harm at all. We, we will not take offense. I promise uh, if you cancel your backing, um, feel free to do that. But if you want to back the show, by all means, please go do that. It just helps us uh, do more stuff with the show yeah like stream more and pick up games that you guys recommend that we're like not totally sure about um which is uh always a good time um so thank you so much to those of you who are backing the show currently really does mean a lot
1: yeah thank you i mean also like the biggest thing currently that i can say is it's getting us into next gen you know that's gonna let us cover next gen right away yeah totally um i got a fancy mic arm it's going places yeah just investing in monsanto don't worry
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're 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 gonna reboot Monsanto on this podcast.
1: <laughs> That's the long con of the show. If you put aether backwards and they put add an M,
0: Monsanto.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yuck. Uh, we're also on Twitter and Instagram. at into the cast on both of those. Uh, all those links are available at intothecast.online um if you want to um write an apple podcast review by all means go ahead and do that that'd be we really just got cool. a couple
1: of really nice ones yeah I, uh, yeah i i feel so grateful for for everything right now i mean i think like it, it's always hard to put into words what all of your support means um and i just want to say like I, I i've had a couple people reach out and say like hey your show's like a bright spot right now and like you saying that is like enough validation for me to just like leave this realm basically <laughs> like that is yeah truly much. like the most kind thing to say and like why we make this it's a, it's a it goes both ways like you saying that and people being as supportive as they have been and people being themselves you know their great selves and 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 creating this community in the discord that is completely separate you know i think we laid the groundwork by making it But everything that's happening there is because of all of you and that that is making the two of us so happy and has really carried us through this year. Yeah. I can't imagine like not having this show like in my life in general and especially right now. So I just want to like really say how how much it means to me in all ways.
0: Yeah, I very much feel the same way. I mean, one one of the things uh, just going back to like the impetus for the show and one of the things that you and I, Stephen, talked about a lot back in the day was just like. Into the Aether exists as an island separate from the rest of like video game coverage in general, you know, which is why we don't talk about news a whole lot. It's why we don't like dunk on games constantly because enough people are doing that. Um, We just wanted to make something that just kind of like stood alone and stood apart and like just was just was a place that people felt like they could have like fun, positive uh, conversations. And and um, it's really it's really nice to have like built that island and then see the community flourish on it. Um, yeah,
1: I mean, because we yeah. wanted that, too, for ourselves. Exactly, you know? Like, exactly, I remember, yeah. uh, I'm not going to name names, but at work, I remember I went, this is like maybe a week or two before we started the show. Mm-hmm. And at my job, I went into a, like a, I think it was literally a Slack room called Gamers. So that should have been the first red flag. <laughs> but it was, I I, I posted in there, I, I had just gotten a Switch. And I said, hey, I just got a Switch. Uh, does anyone have any recommendations? The first response was, here is a 40 minute YouTube video about why breath of the wild isn't a perfect game. If you can't quote this at me by the time you're done listening, don't even bother picking it up. And then like in a, in a blink of an eye, there was a 40, uh, uh 40 replies. And like, it became this like life and death argument about if this is a perfect game or not. And I literally just said, hi, I'm the new kid. Does anybody have any fun games? Right. Yeah. Like, and, and that's, that's in like a, overseen corporate environment like i i i don't (laughs) even want to spelunk into like a random reddit thread you know yeah, totally so here's a 40 minute video of why persona 4 dancing all night is inferior to persona 3 uh dancing in star uh, dancing in moonlight and persona 5 dancing in starlight if you can't uh uh, hit every step of this dance by the full moon by saturn's return
0: you're dead to me (laughs) I do Nowhere. want to mention that I picked up uh, the Iliad audiobook <laughs> on yeah. iBooks recently. Um, also, a recommendation of somebody in the Discord. I'm sorry, if I don't I don't remember who it was, but thank you for doing that. It's narrated by Alfred Molina, um, who is famous Amazing. for playing Doctor Octopus in uh, Spider Man Two. Anyway, I just want to mention that uh, in the iBooks app on iPhone. If you listen to an audiobook for long enough, you unlock Achievements, which I just really love. Oh my god. That's it. That's actually the whole anecdote. I just love that you you get an Achievement Unlocked notification on iBooks when you listen to Alfred Molina talk about all the weird shit Achilles is doing.
1: You get a chibi Doc Ock for listening to the first chapter. Uh It's amazing. Yeah. Anyway. I saw Alfred Molina as Tevye in Fuller on the Roof. He was great. Oh, that was my wow. First, that actually does sound great. Yeah. Yeah. That was my first time seeing him perform, even before Doc Ock.
0: Cool. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, he's great. Mine
0: was in Indiana Jones, Raiders right? of the Lost Ark, when he gets impaled in the head with a spike right in the beginning. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a classic role. My name is Brendan Bigley. You can find me on the internet <laughs> at Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. You find me at Stephen
1: Hilger. Have a wonderful night and dance for all of it. Yeah, have a great night everyone. Goodbye.
0: Goodbye. TWG, the worst garbage dot online.